On this episode, we talk about podcasting, Stunwin's absence, and a couple other things. You ask questions, and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. This is Gary Vay, Nerdchuck, and this is episode 55 of the Ask Gary V Show. Double nickels in the house. I feel good about 55. Uh, before we get into the show, a couple things I want to talk about. Yes, I am disappointed the Jets won. I am for the draft picks. I'm actually pissed. Drew, you're pissed too? Yeah. I'm pissed, man. I'm real angry. I've been as down, I was as down yesterday after that win as I've been all season. I'm angry. Number two, uh, Vayner Nation, I am going to start doing some really interesting things in 2015 on the gram. So follow me up on Instagram. Do some stuff, stuff on Rock. Not just one graphic, I want stuff. I want stuff, boys. Uh, so there's a link right down below in YouTube. Podcasters, if you're listening, it's Instagram slash Gary V-E-E. Just like my Twitter handle. Let's get in to the show. Direct acts. Would you be able to lead any type of company? Do you think that the leaders can switch industries easily? Drek, this is a great question. Um, you know, I'm speaking for myself that I fundamentally 100,000% believe that I can run any company. I just do. I myself, as you know, am a reverse engineer. Show the t-shirt. Um, and so what I would be able to do is, look, I don't know I don't know dick about 99% of businesses out there, but it would only take me about six months with my sponge-like skills to figure out what's going on, look at the data, look at the numbers, look at the culture, reverse engineer, understand the marketplace and the consumer that's selling, whether in a B2B or B2C place. There is no business that me as an operator feel you know, uh, intimidated by. I can't speak for everybody, but I do think there's clearly, I don't think I'm that special. Um, I think that there's other people that also have that skill set where they can take a look back, uh, really assess the situation, and then operate. And I think that balance comes with sales and HR. For me, I think that's why I'm able to do so much. For me, my strengths are within the HR universe and the sales universe, which are really the two things that you need in an organization. You need to be able to sell stuff, and you need to be able to like build teams around you. If you're lucky enough to have that deuce in your life like I do, then you can do it. Ella asks, what do you think about cereal? MailChimp as a sponsor and its impact on podcast advertising. Well, a great question, very timely. By the way, what a gaffe by uh, Best Buy trying to play up. By the way, brands that are jumping in, there's so many things you need to stay away from. The, the upside of being clever about something that's trending versus the downside when you don't have the tact or the skills or the copywriting skills to, to play. Um, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Maybe we'll get that, into that in episode 58. Uh, but this question specifically is, I think MailChimp's marketing team did a tremendous job. Serial's exploding, the podcast universe is exploding. Hence, look, I'm playing in that space even though this is a video first series. Uh, I think it's a really smart job by MailChimp for a bunch of reasons. One, I think it's underpriced because people don't understand how valuable these podcasts are right now. The attention is very high. And more importantly, when you do things that are smart, you get the attention. 
AKA, here we are talking about it, and MailChimp has now been mentioned four times to the Vayner Nation, and maybe somebody's sitting there saying, yeah, constant contact is pissing me off. Maybe I'll try MailChimp. When you do things that are smart, you get so much more residual impact than just the blanket ROI. One could look at how many MailChimp subscribers they got just from the direct serial code or whatever they're doing there. I'm not listening, but uh, are they doing a code? You know, who's listening to serial? Just an ad. They, they could probably see when, you know, what kind of impact is coming from that universe, but they don't know the impact of four people right now from the Vayner Nation switching to MailChimp because of this question. And that's what you get. When you do it right, right stuff happens. Sam asks, what differences do you see between fundraising and sales? Any? Do all for-profit rules apply in non-profit settings? Sam, I love this question because the ironic thing is, I, I think the answer is they do map. I, I do think that uh, if I ever get into, you know, I sit on some NGO boards, but if I ever get into a chapter of my life where that becomes the driving force, I promise you, my execution in that world will look exactly the same as everything I'm doing here. And so I do think the, the rules apply. I actually think there's a nuance that I want to address, which is that the rules do apply, which means an absolute respect to the customer. I believe that many people that rock that operate in the NGO world have the audacity to think there's an obligation from the wealthy or people they know to actually support and that they come across arrogant, I would say, when they're going in for the ask and they're less tactful. It's all right hook city and NGO world, nonprofit world. And then, and then when somebody doesn't do something, they look down on them even though the way they approached them was completely unacceptable in my opinion. So I do think the rules apply. I think you have to bring a value prop. I think way too many NGOs, nonprofits, mail it in. They're not thinking about that other person's life, that person that's donating's life as a whole. They're just looking for you know, their tax return and trying to extract dollars. And life is about value exchange, even when you're doing good things. And, and that is a huge for so many in this space. Ross asks, hey Gary, has India replaced Steve on the show? Where's he at? Ross, this is a perfectly timed question uh, because uh, India's right here. I'm sorry, Steve. And there's Zach. And Andrew. And then go over here, Stefan. And Alex behind him. And D-Rock, get your hand in there somehow. Good. But you may notice no Steve. Steve, this is a message to you. Like I said on email this morning, there is no sickness on our team. And so when you miss the day, this is what happens. Hey Gary, quick question for you. Greg Eisenberg, founder of Five by Here. Um, when does a young entrepreneur cease being a young entrepreneur? Curious your thoughts. Also, thank you again for uh, putting some of your best Get Ask Gary V. Uh, videos on 5by and launching that uh, today. Awesome man, thanks for the question. Thrilled to be on 5by, let's link that below. An app I'm excited about, that's what he's referring to. You guys can do your own homework. When does a young entrepreneur stop being young? You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, you know, I still think that I'm young and I'm not young. You know, I'm 39 in a world of unlimited 29, 23, 17 year old entrepreneurs. I think young is a mindset. Uh, I'm not sure where you're going with the kind of question, when is it appropriate to act young? You know, I don't think I ever acted young even when I was young, but I'm young at heart. There's a lot of places we can really go with this answer. You know, to me, I, I think that at some level, to, to be honest with you, brother, I, I think it doesn't matter. I think it's a kind of weirdly, and I, uh, you know, almost a, uh, 
non-impactful question. I know that sounds harsh, but what I mean by that is there is no variable that the outside world might say, hey, you're not young anymore, start acting your age. Or, or they may expect you to act a certain way because you are young. But at the end of the day, all of it is irrelevant. Whatever's happening within yourself is the variable of your success, your life, your upside. And so that's how I think about it. It's scary to me how young I actually, I, I think, I'm, I, I mean, very honestly, I feel dramatically younger than every, I mean, I actually think all these characters around me are older than me. I still watch sports and think all those players are older than me. Still, these are like 23 year olds. I'm like, like I still am in that mindset and at some level, I'm pretty convinced that a lot of the narrative that's gonna be talked about me, I can see the headlines in my, in my I can see it right there. I can see the headlines when I'm 63, 67, 74, 83, which is like old man acts young. It's just who I am and so the whole cliche age is but a number. It's really true, the mentality and more importantly the execution is the variable. Question of the day, how old are you? Serious, trying to get some data. (laughs) You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.